What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Cash It. I'm Howard Bender. Adam Rohn is here by my side. What's up, Ro? Oh, baby, right? We uh, we get a little breather here from some football. You got two weeks in between the uh, conference championships and the Super Bowl. So gives us uh, gives us a little bit of flexibility today. Certainly does. It's obviously a good time to start preparing for fantasy baseball. If you haven't, obviously still full swing in NBA and betting on a nightly basis. So um, there's never really a break. But yes, a little bit of a hiatus from football for now as we gear up for the Super Bowl and all the millions of player props and crazy props that will be available for us. Well, I mean, the props are, are utterly ridiculous. And we, we do the uh, the whole we do the the big game contest over at fantasyalarm.com. You guys can go to fantasyalarm.com slash big game. It's a free contest. It's a mixture of novelty props and and player props from the Super Bowl and $250 in cash for uh, first prize. Second prize, uh, full year subscription over at fantasyalarm.com. Uh, third place, uh, three month subscription. Uh, over at Fantasy Alarm, so everybody loves their props. Do you guys? I mean, are you? Uh, you're, you know, you do the show over at the Better Sports Network, and forgive me for not being able to listen, Adam. But some genius thought that it would be great for our shows to be on the exact same time. Um, and so, uh, you know, do you guys have that? You know, football mandate still over there? Are you? Uh, are you able to sneak in a little bit of uh, non-football talk? Yeah, we do a lot of NBA. Um, pro- we. Sometimes we do an hour of NBA a day, usually in the second hour, looking at DFS player prop slate. So, yeah, there's there's no mandate. Pretty flexible on that. Okay, that's good. That's good. I mean, you know, we still have to kind of touch on it over at, at SiriusXM. We're we're kind of trickling out certain things, like you know, like every every day we've done like a position comparison. You know, Hertz versus Mahomes, McKinnon versus Sanders. You know, we do like that that whole thing, but. I'm super stoked to be like driving in some uh, some some fantasy baseball content, especially because dun, 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 the fantasy alarm draft guide, the MLB fantasy baseball draft guide dropped today. It is there on fantasyalarm.com slash MLB draft guide, one word, and it is free. Everybody, it costs nothing. You just have to have an email address registered over there at fantasyalarm.com. And go check it out. I mean, articles are are, are already out for league-specific strategies, draft strategies, sleepers, busts, rookies, uh, all, the, all the major standards that you have. Plus, uh, between now and opening day, we are piling out more content. More and more, we're doing you know some specific uh, position-specific articles and talking about the depth of each position. I mean, just go and check it out. It doesn't cost you anything to do it. Fantasyalarm.com slash MLB draft guide, or you can just go to fantasyalarm.com and it's right there in the uh in the top of the menus for you. So you can uh check all of that out. But I mean, I'm super stoked, man. I'm like, I'm pumped to do the mock draft army. Uh you're in the middle of this um was it draft master? Not draft masters, that's uh that's RT Sports. Was it draft champions draft yes, over uh, at uh at the NFFC NFBC? Yes, it's a 15-team league, 50 rounds. Uh, you set your lineup each week. You can change offense on Friday. Pitchers are set earlier in the week. So it's great prep. 
Uh, that's really kind of where I really start to immerse myself. And, you know, you're kind of doing research as the draft is going on, remembering things from last year. So um, it's usually the way I start my prep and um, did pretty good last year. I think I'd like a top three finish in a couple. Um, I did, I think like four or five last year. Um, so in the middle of the first one now, uh, usually once that one wraps up or gets near the end, start a second one. So about halfway through right now. Um, so I'm still kind of in the early stages of, you know, my baseball prep, not really fully where I need to be yet. If I, I don't think I'm ready to do like a draft today, but you know, you got to get started somewhere and kind of start figuring out plans. So I like to just jump in. And I think actually the first one I did last year was the best one. It finished highest, which is very weird because I was the least prepared for it. So I guess sometimes uh, the initial instinct is is right, or could have got lucky. I don't know. Spencer, or, or you just, yeah, maybe you maybe you, you overthink it a little bit too much, and uh, instead of just kind of going with the uh, your gut instinct. So plus the ADP changes as you go along. Guys get pushed up, guys get pushed down. So maybe players you were getting early, the price goes higher, and you don't get them. You know, a lot of times too, it's where you draft. You know, maybe one draft you're picking top five, the other one late. Different. Uh, there's so many factors, but. Um, I always I think it's like the best prep and you're kind of doing research as you go. This one is a four hour clock. They have ones that are two or one. You can do them at once. So whatever works best for you. Definitely looking to uh, to jump in on that, especially with the fact that I'm probably going to be paring down uh, other leagues uh, as we kind of you know move closer and closer to it. Um, I mean, so so. I have I have rank. I have like my first incantation of of fantasy baseball rankings. Uh, up there on fantasyalarm.com. It is part of the draft guide. Um, so we got them for free. And um, you know, I mean, listen, that those are those are my rankings. They're kind of loose right now. I expect a lot to change here and there, uh, just because so much is is still to happen. I mean, we haven't even pitchers and catchers haven't even reported yet. Not, you know, I mean, there there are players being projected for numbers that I I just I I, I can't see them actually. Uh, even achieving so lots of stuff that it's uh, gonna be very fluid and you know obviously I update my rankings um how do you go about doing a draft champions how are you, how are you drafting 50 rounds without your own personal rankings is it just based off of ADP and gut instinct no it's just you know what I kind of feel um the player is gonna do I mean the ADP is just a guide uh, but in these drafts, you'll see, I think guys get really pushed up, uh, that they might not be ranked accurately again, because it is early. There are some players that are buried that all of a sudden have jobs now. So right. it's, yeah, it's just kind of a feeling out process and, you know, you have your initial thoughts and then as you're doing the research, something could change. You might go, you know what? I'm too high on this player. I'm too low on this player. So that's why I like doing these to kind of figure things out. And how many are you going to do? Uh, three or four, probably. Three or four of these. Are you going to do other best ball drafts, or are you going to do any of the mock drafts that I'm going to put together? Yeah, I'll jump in the mock drafts. I really don't do the best ball stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe I will. I'll see. I'm not. I'm not forcing you to. I'm not a huge best ball fan. Like, I, I mean, I get it. You know, I, I get why people do it. Uh, to me, it's it's you know, it's it's the lazy man's fantasy. You know, I mean, I don't have to I don't have to make lineup decisions. Oh, my God. 
like when you're doing draft champions here, you're going 50 rounds, but I mean, like you have no information at, at it right now and you're drafting a roster that's deep enough to withstand injuries. Um, not that's always. A, not I always. I mean, no, not yeah. always. Obviously, yes. If, <laughs> if the asteroid that was that starred in the movie Armageddon actually hit your fantasy baseball team, no, you probably wouldn't be able to. But come on, more often than not, you're probably drafting a team off of this at over 50 rounds. You're probably drafting yourself enough depth that you know injuries aren't going to kill you. Um, it depends. There are some times that you do not have uh, – you're not able to even put forth the full roster. I know it did happen last year. Um, you know, especially, too, if some of the guys you take late don't make the majors or – so, I mean – you need a lot of luck to go your way, even with 50 rounds, because uh, you're there's so many injuries in baseball that um, it could play a role. Um, as you look at your draft board and as it's going, because we'll talk about your team here in just a second. But just from, a, you know, from like the bird's eye view, the view from, you know, 50,000 feet and you're looking at this draft board. Um, yeah, I get it, right? I mean, we already talked last week about you drafting Emmanuel Classe with your second pick because, you know, there's there's no roster moves, there's no waivers or anything like that. So you want to make sure that you, you know, you lock down that closer. Are there are there any, you know, were there any kind of glaring, you don't have to out anybody or whatever, were there any glaring things that you were like, man, I would never in a million years have drafted that guy at that spot? Or... Better yet, were you like looking around because you are right now, if uh, this is accurate, you are 25 rounds through. So you are you're halfway done with this draft or you're in, in the 25th round. Um, you've seen enough where you're like, oh, shit, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really great pick. Anything like really stand out to you too much? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some good pitchers coming off bad years that are going late that are not bad buys at this point. Um, some hitters as well. Um, I think this guy is starting to rise though, but Will Myers going to Cincinnati. I know health has been an issue, but man, that park, I kind of like that. He went around 15. So I thought that was a, a pretty good buy there. Um, like John Gray in round 13. I really like, we saw he went to Texas last year and performed well, did have some injuries, but it's a pretty good park. So um, like that. So yeah, there's a couple late. And then of course you really, it's speculating for closers late. You know, you saw a couple in round 17, Evan Phillips. Will he close for the Dodgers? Dylan Floro, um, Trevor May, who could close in Oakland. I mean, that team's just a disaster. Um, I kind of like Justin Turner in round 17. Um, he's going to Fenway now. You love the, Justin Turner. I do. I mean, the guy's a flat out <laughs> great hitter, but you know, but it, I know the power was down last year, but it, it could go up a little bit. Remember, too, he's probably going to DH. He's been playing third base a lot. So, uh, yeah, he's 38, but he had 278 the last two years. And it's hard to find batting average late. Uh, so I think you you can get – if he can hit 280 again, I mean, the counting stats should be pretty good. Of course, it's health. But if he's going to DH, um, that's, that's really going to benefit him. So – and you're seeing guys who were hurt last year. Um, you're getting at cheaper prices. A guy like Jorge Polanco now in round 11. He had a lot of injuries last year. Max Muncy. If you people might have forgot, but if you look at Max Muncy, what he did the last two months, he bounced back. He obviously, I was not interested because he had that elbow issue, and I think it clearly bothered him for four months. And I guess he played through it, but he really rebounded in a big way. So you know, there's some injury discounts 
Um, and then some guys who underperform going late. And then it's really the the speculation for closers, man. Um, finding that because there's so many teams right now where it's unsettled. We don't know who's going to close. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely, that was one of the hardest things. I'm in the uh, Sirius XM dynasty league and <clears throat> we had to trim our rosters down from like, you know, I had 54 guys sitting on my roster and, uh, and they were like, you got to trim your roster down to 40 players. So I'm like, shit, man, I got cut 14 guys out of here. And it ended up, I had to like cut like a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of middle relievers who I had, who were, you know, part-time closes at one point or speculative ad at another point. And so, you know, you throwing out names like that, what'd you say? You said Evan Phillips, uh, was a name. I, I just I was looking at the draft board here. Carlos Estevez is another guy who, uh, you know, kind of bounces in and out of that. And just you know, it's kind of funny. So, uh, guys who I've actually had to uh, to already dump. So that's always the worst. I mean, I, I, for a draft and hold situation here, that's the toughest part. I mean, getting those saves. So I can definitely understand why you would draft a, a class A that close up to the uh, to the top. Really, I mean, it's ugh. I'm just looking at some of these names that are just going through the uh, through the list, and it is um, it, it's pretty grotesque, actually. Yeah, and this is 15 teams too. So, like, I, I want to get that one solid guy that I know has the job outside of injury, and then you're gonna have to piece together the rest. You know, you're gonna have to get a couple setup men that maybe work their way into the job during the year, but. You know, if you get that one guy who gives you 30 to 40 saves, um, it at least puts you hopefully in the middle of the pack. And if you can hit on another one, then at least you could be in the top five potentially. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Let's take a look at Adam's team. Well, he's a partner in this team. Shout out to Brian Ambos. What's up, Brian? Uh, always great to uh, to see him in Tout Wars when, uh, you know, like when he, he's because he always comes and hangs out for Tout. I'm going to be bummed that I'm not going to be there this year. Hey, do you want to, uh, I, I need, think I need you to swap leagues with me, Adam. Uh, I'll see if I can. I you know appreciate I that. Man. As long as I'm available, I will do it. You know that. I, I appreciate that very much. Very, very much. <laughs> 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 we had this conversation right before we started recording. Um, but let's take a look at it. Uh, Team Ronis slash Ambos. Um, Acuna, uh, you, you picked third overall in a 15-teamer. God. I gotta tell you, man, I don't know if it's more brutal to be on the end or in the middle in a 15 team or those, these drafts can be, uh, absolutely bonkers. What do you prefer? Do you prefer to be on the, uh, on the ends or you prefer to be in the middle on a 15 teamer right now? Top five looks good or the back end, uh, compared to the middle. That's from what I've seen so far. Okay. Okay. I like it. Makes sense. Um, third overall. So Turner and Ramirez went first too. You guys took Acuna, then Class A, like we said. I think we talked about Lindor last uh, last week on the episode. You grabbed him in the third round. I love that. You know, his next season back here with the Mets, I expect a bigger year. Schwarber, love him. Crazy, right? Schwarber. Like, I mean, he's really just kind of blossomed into this unbelievable uh, player. And now now with, with the, you know, banning the shift, how great is that? Like Turner on first, Schwarber just sitting there, and uh, and and just the the just big gaping holes that are gonna, he's going to have to hit through while they try to hold Turner on the first base. Damn, you're excited, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, just hope 
that the average is not as bad. You know, you're going to get elite power though. So hopefully the average could go up and, you know, hitting second might lead to some more RBIs, especially with Turner in front of them. Yeah. Luis Castillo in the fifth. I love that pick. I, I'm a big Castillo fan. I like him a lot. I love him even more now that he's not in Cincinnati. Uh, Jose Abreu. Um, did you grab Jose Abreu in the sixth round because you everybody was running out of first baseman? Or um, is there a, were, were there other guys there that you were considering for that kind of power? No, I mean, we didn't see a lot of power from Abreu last year. I just think that he's going to a better spot now going to Houston uh, short porch there in left field, another guy, a lot of average and his stat cast numbers were really good last year. Average ex- exit velocity, expected batting average, max exit velocity, hard hit percentage, ex slugging all like in the top uh, 90th percentile um, batted three Oh four. Remember everything went wrong for the white Sox last year. Everything went wrong. and he only had 15 <laughs> home runs. I'm not even, I don't even, I'm not saying he's going to hit 25. I'll take, 20. I would love 25, but I think the runs and RBIs are going to be really high in that Houston lineup. Uh, and the average, I mean, he had 304 last year. So, um, you know, getting batting average early is pretty important, especially, you know, had Schwarber there. So that's going to hurt the batting average a little bit. So, um, yeah, I just think Abreu is a little undervalued right now. Um, I know he's older, but he's really not showing any signs of slowing down. Uh, it's 36, but Going to Houston in that lineup, man, um, I think he could put up some really good numbers this year. So liked getting him there. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, I mean, in that round, yeah, there wasn't a lot that I loved there. Um, yeah, I mean, Wanda Franco went after Kenley Jansen, wasn't going to take a second closer. Xander Bogart, so I don't love moving to San Diego. He has good average, but he's not going to hit for big power. Um, I know Pas- Pasquantino I do think is interesting. Uh, but I still like Abreu a little bit better. But we did see good things for Pascantino last year. Good walk rate. Um, I still, but you know, it comes down to I think the Astros lineup is better than Kansas City for and uh, Pascantino not as much experience. But you know, he uh, he had two ninety five last year. Um, he had a good hard hit rate. I mean, he had an eleven point four percent strikeout rate and an eleven point seven percent walk rate. That is just phenomenal. So I think he could be good. But I'll take Abreu in a better Houston lineup. I can dig that. I can definitely dig that. Going to be hitting, you know, a lot, a lot of RBI opportunities for Abreu this year. A lot of RBI opportunities. Uh, you go catcher next, Wilson Contreras. So here we go. So you've got the top outfielder in Ronald Acuna. You've got a high end closer in Class A. You've got, in my opinion, a high end shortstop in Lindor. Strong power outfield uh, from Schwarber. You got a, a good solid SP one in Luis Castillo. Now you get yourself a, you know, I would say, I mean, let's just let a brave top seven, eight first baseman. Probably uh, like in that area. Top 10. Definitely top 10. I mean, he could be top six. All right. Take it easy, buddy. What are you talking about? No, I'm just fucking with you. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I need a little levity in my life. My life, 2023 has been. Just a dog shit year already for me. One so, month in. Yeah. I mean, it dude, happens, right? Seriously. Like, so what? I had to cancel my trip to New York for New Year's. Uh, we dealt with massive flooding here in, in Half Moon Bay. There was a shooting, a mass, two mass shootings in Half Moon Bay uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a bobcat cub bit some five-year-old kid uh, two days ago here in Half Moon Bay. 
Uh, I mean, it's just it's like like dog shit on top of dog shit on top of dog shit that I'm just and now one of my pups, malignant melanoma. And so, you know, I'm going to end up dealing with all that shit. So, yeah, 2023 is a, a, a real dick kind of year for me right now. So I'm, I'm hoping for anything better. And well, the good news is Valentine's Day is around the corner. Oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody they asked me that on, on the air today. What do you what do you like to do for Valentine's Day? I'm like, my wife and I like to eat our feelings. So we buy each other five pound boxes of candy and then we sit on the couch and we eat it so much until we're so fat and gross that neither one of us even wants to get up off the couch to go have sex, let alone have sex. I'm like happy fucking Valentine's Day. <laughs> Fucking Hallmark bullshit holiday. The worst. But I digress, don't I? I do. <laughs> so I go through all of this here with your team. Top outfielder, top closer, top shortstop, power, solid SP1 in, in Castillo, even though some people would be like, ah, he's more of an SP2. Um, but he's your number one starter there. You've got great guy in Abreu. Wilson Contreras, you go to the top of the heap and uh, and, and the catchers right there. What's what's wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, catcher is a little bit deeper this year, but you know, I thought that was the right spot for Contreras. Uh, could hit two in that lineup. That's a really good Cardinals lineup that they have there. Um, and you know, we know Contreras has been a, a top catcher, so um, felt that was a, a good spot to get him. To get at least one solid catcher. I mean, um, again, a lot of the stat cast numbers were really good for him last year as well. Um, and hits the ball, his hard hit rate, 48.6%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you get, hopefully the average can be a little bit better. He's a catcher that is going to play a lot and, um, you know, could hit 20 plus home runs. So that's nice. And he did have four steals last year. Yeah. Um. You then go back-to-back starters, Logan Gilbert, who I'm a huge fan of. I love Logan Gilbert. Such a great live arm, great stuff, you know, and developing, like developing great stuff, which is even better. And then Kyle Wright for the Braves. Now, I know you hate the Braves, and that probably drives you nuts, but, I mean, those are – I think those are two of the uh, potentially top young starters uh, in the game right now. Yeah, I don't care what team a player is on. Uh, I actually had every Yankee starting pitcher on a roster last year, which sucked because I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I hope the Yankees lose tonight. Oh, damn, I have Cole on my team. Oh, I hope the Yankees lose tonight. Oh, damn, I have Severino. Oh, I have Tyone. Oh, I have Cortez. So, yeah, I don't care about that. Um, but, yeah, Wright won 21 games last year. Uh, it's going to be hard to, for him to repeat what he did, but yeah, it's backed by a really good offense. We saw the walks get cut down. That's going to be the key. Does that continue? Because that was the one problem throughout his career. He cut his walk rate in half last year to 7.2%. Strikeout rate went up. Um, so I don't think he'll be as good as last year, but I don't need him to be. I need him to just be, you know, solid, like mid three ERAs, um, decent whip. And uh, on that team, he should be in position to win quite a few games. Then you go Harrison Bader uh, next, which I love. I think Bader could actually lead off for the Yankees, and that would be yummy delish, especially with the the rules changes in MLB and the expected boost of stolen bases. I like Bader there. Then you go Chapman in, in 11. And, I mean, are, are you just planning on a, a rebound from Chapman, or you just you were like, shit, I got to get a third baseman before 
I end up with nothing. I don't worry about that. People are saying that about their base. I really don't worry about it, man. I don't think you can. That's one thing. You can't be like, well, third base is thin. I got to get someone now. If you're passing over better value, um, things will change. Maybe someone's available on free agency during the year at third base. Um, and maybe you're strong at middle and corner and we get third base. So I don't really worry about that. I think with Chapman, there were still a lot of good things um, in the underlying numbers. Uh, it's all about can he rebound in the average. Um, they are moving the fences in in Toronto, but they're, the walls will be a little bit higher. But there were still a lot of good things for Chapman. Uh, the hard hit contact was 51.2%. Uh, his striker rate actually went down last year. Um, it was above 30%. In 20 and 21, it was 27.4% last year. So it's all about um, if his average can rebound. Um, so I'm hoping he can he, he get to 250. I mean, that would be fine. Um, it's better than the 229 he gave. So if that who, average who the rebound, hell Who the hell leaves Oakland to go to Toronto and then hits worse? Yeah, I mean, I could be. <laughs> is it the first year with a new team type thing? I don't know, man. I mean, he had 210, though, in Oakland in 2021, 229 last year, um, 240 career hitter. I mean, the batting average of balls play was kind of similar to his career number, slightly below. It was 277, career numbers 290. I mean, he does hit a lot of fly balls. So that's going to, you're always going to have a lower BABIP if you're hitting that many fly balls. So, uh, but the hard hit rate was way up. So there maybe there was some some bad luck there. Uh, I'm hoping that he can hit 250, 240, 250. But you're probably going to project a 230, unfortunately. But um, so that's the one thing. And I've said it like that's the one thing I have to be more cognizant of. I think we get so enamored with power. Oh, this guy hits 30 home runs. And then the batting average. Um, is lower. So the batting average could be somewhat of an issue here. I mean, with uh, Schwarber and Chapman, potentially. Um, Acuna, Acuna's kind of, kind of, his average differs year to year. Um, we've seen him hit really well and then seen low average. I mean, last year, I just don't think he could drive the ball. I mean, he had 266. Uh, I don't think that's him, though. I think he even admitted it after. Uh, so I think the power is going to be back. It didn't affect the stolen bases. He had 266 last year. He hit 283 and 21, 2000, I mean, 20, only 250. But again, you're talking 46 games, 280, 293. So, you know, he's shown the ability to hit 280, 290 before. So I'd say he's a 275, 280 hitter. So that's fine. I mean, you would prefer 300 with your early pick, but um so there is there there could be some batting average issue there. Okay, all right. Well, listen, you can't you can't dominate in every category right from the start, can you? No, well, I guess you could. Not in a competitive fifteen team league most no. of the time. Holy shit! I just turned around and Boston is beating the Nets thirty-seven to nine. Good thing I got no props in that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. Um. All right, let me uh let let's uh let's roll through here some more Brady Singer innings eater, you know, Kansas City <clears throat> doesn't get destroyed, but you know, not not you know, your your favorite guy, Tyro Estrada, um to handle some uh, some second base work for you there. Uh Lourdes Gurriel, what, what did you said something last week about Lourdes Gurriel? 
I can't remember what it was now, but yeah, I'm surprised had, to see him on your team. He had off-season uh, wrist surgery. Oh, um, that was it. Because he only hit, I think, was it four home runs last year? I was like, wait, what the hell is going on? This guy's always been a good power hitter. So, yeah, he had left wrist surgery, and it bothered him throughout the year. So I think that is why we saw the power down. And, you know, a lot of times we know guys are hurt, and they try to play through it. Not everyone goes on the I.L., so um, he also had like a hamstring strain, but um, yeah, I mean, going to Arizona now, um, you know, going later than he usually goes. Uh, a guy that did hit for good average last year, despite the uh, lack of power, did have 32 doubles as well. Um, but I think he could bounce back. So I, that's why we saw a huge drop in home runs for him. So they do expect him to be healthy. And again, this was uh, what outfield of four, I think, at this point. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fourth outfielder. I mean, outfield get dude in a fifteen team league where you got to start five and then you have utility. Outfielder gets thin really quick. It's it's yeah. it is if you can, it is advisable to get a few outfielders early. It drops off. It does. It definitely does. It's been like that for for a few seasons now. Actually, there's like a there's like a like a like a continental shelf. <laughs> you just you're like yeah, outfield, outfield, outfield. Then all of a sudden you get somewhere around like the fifth or sixth round. And you're like, where the hell did all the outfielders go? So I can imagine in a 15 teamer when you're sitting there and you're staring at Lourdes Gurriel in the 14th round, being like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll I mean, listen, that that's a, that's a pick that's worth that kind of a of a of a speculative ad. It really is. You've got another one a little further down, which I talked about before. So uh, I'll hustle through the rest of your roster here. Tyone in Chicago now. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar. Uh, for Colorado, you're going to take a shot on on the kids, see what he does. Edward Cabrera, we saw some really good stuff out of him, uh, you know, in very short stint with uh, with Miami last year before he got hurt. So we'll have to see about that. Jesse Stinker, I mean, Winker, um, a return to, to the National League Central, and he's going to get a, a much more favorable ballpark in Milwaukee. That's uh, that that's I like that ad there as well in the 18th round. Brandon Hughes in the 19th. And then here you go in the 20th, you go Spencer Torkelson Uh, again. Like one of the things that I thought when I was, uh, when I was looking at the Detroit Tigers last year, um, I was, I was more in on Riley green than I was on Spencer Torkelson, but I do know that Torkelson has great power and he can be uh, a really strong contributor. I think one of the big problems that we saw last year was, he and Riley Green were like feeding off of each other in the spring and Riley Green fouls a ball off his foot, breaks his foot, misses like the first couple of months of the season. And Torkelson, a man alone on an island there in fucking Detroit, had nothing. You know, he was like sitting there, you know, bottom part of the lineup, no protection, uh, struggled out of the gate and never really, never really put it together. But I think that there's I think there's enough talent here on Torkelson to want to make that speculative ad here. I said it to you. I was like 20th round. It's like a free pick, you know, I mean, it's not a free pick and a 50 rounder, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a low enough speculative ad that, I mean, he doesn't have to do much to kind of return value for you here. Yeah. I mean, it's a prospect pedigree and this happens, right? Everyone gets excited. They have a bad year up. We don't want him anymore. Who's the next hot prospect that will push up the board. So it takes time. Detroit man. Um, they just things don't go right for them. They're moving in the fences too. He hit more fly balls in the second half, hit more line drives in the second half. Still not like 
you don't see it in the surface stats. The numbers weren't great, but the hard hit rate up. So maybe he started to to make some adjustments there. So I think that's a corner infielder for us. So yeah, I'll mm-hmm. definitely take the shot with the prospect pedigree there in round 20. Logan Ohapi at catcher uh, in the 21st. Jose Urquidy, Edward Olivares, and then, oh, look at that. You double down on your Mets. You grab lefty Jose Quintana uh, in the 24th round. And so you're two picks away or one pick away from your 26th round pick or your 25th round pick. And uh, I'll tell you, man, at first glance, again, you know, just kind of doing a, a first blush here. I don't, I don't mind this squad at all, Adam. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy with what we have so far. We got some power, some speed. Again, average could be an issue. Um, and the pitching's pretty solid. Got the one steady closer. So uh, take a couple shots at some other relievers um, and see if uh, one or two of them can work their way in a saves. I wish you nothing but the best of luck in this, Adam. Thank you. I feel that positive vibes coming from you. Do you see? There it is. There it is. I love the positive vibes. Um, All right. So, folks, check it out. Fantasy Alarms Draft Guide. Well, Adam, when are you going to be ready to do your rankings? Like, at what point do you feel that you're you're ready to do it? Because I'll I'll be honest with you. I did not feel ready to, to release my rankings here on February 1st. I think that it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough, you know, it's, it, it, I'm not going to like discount my rankings. I just know that these rankings are going to probably look significantly different in a month's time. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I think it's good to just, just do it. Um, if you're going to be drafting and then you can adjust as, uh, the spring starts. I mean, that we talked about it last week too. I'm just glad that we do get a full spring because maybe that's why it's been harder the last couple of years to kind of find the late values. Cause um, you know, Carlos Rodon was a big one a couple of years ago and it was because I, I read an article and saw his velocity in the spring. And I was like, wow. Um, yeah. Always health as a factor, but he made some changes with mechanics. He was throwing harder. And that guy was like, I don't know, 20th round or later. So I made sure to get him on every team and that worked out. So I think that's going to be the big thing is seeing the spring, seeing some of those changes, uh, velocity up, pitch mix change. Uh, that's going to be important here in February. But yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's a, it's about a good time to start putting the stuff together. OK, well, what, what do you think? When, when, are, when are your rankings going to be ready? Come on. I need to know. When is the uh, when is it going to be set up? It's already set up. Is it? I checked the other day. It wasn't. Is it set up now? Oh, it should be. It should okay. be. You could just you could just put them on an Excel spreadsheet like I did and say, hey, motherfuckers, someone upload this shit for me. Oh, I usually enter them myself. I know. Do you want to enter them yourself or do you want to put them on a spreadsheet and have somebody else upload them for you? Um, What would be easier for you? Probably me to do it. Ah, okay. You think it? You think it's not? You think it's easier to just do the Excel sheet and send it to someone? I mean, for me, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just you know, I, going through. <laughs> I guess I'm so used to doing the NFL rankings every week for like 18 different positions. Right. The one, right? Thing, but like it's like when, this, you, when you're typing the name in and you're waiting for it to like oh, autofill. Dude, sometimes it takes forever, man. <laughs> and you have to go back and delete it. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this thing? 
The worst part is the quarterbacks, kickers, and defenses are the same for every PPR, and you still have to do it. I, yeah. That's a tech issue that uh, they still haven't solved, but that's another story. It's <laughs> <laughs> a story for another time, indeed. Um, I'll make sure that it's all set up, and um, we'll get you to uh, to throw those rankings down there in the Fancy Alarm Draft Guide. Again, fancyalarm.com slash MLB Draft Guide uh, is the URL to go to. You can just go to fantasyalarm.com. Uh, and you'll see all the uh, all the info right there on the homepage uh, for you to get over there. Again, 100% free. So get yourself in on that. Uh, Adam's high stakes uh, high stakes room is uh, is wide open. He's got his articles uh, up there as well. I've got some stuff up there as well. So let's go, baby. Fantasy baseball. I'm super psyched. Super psyched. You know why I'm super psyched? I'll tell you why I'm super psyched. As we move here from baseball to basketball. So yesterday on the Fantasy Alarm Show, John and Pemba joins us to talk about the DFS slate, right? So, you know, what is it? Five games, six games last night? Not a not a big slate. That tends to be the slate where Impemba, Grande, those guys doing the playbook really shine. They really, they, they hit it nicely. So I'm listening to Impemba talk yesterday and we talked about uh, LeBron. We talked about uh, quickly being such a great value. We talked about uh, the Hornets and what kind of a situation they were in. Um, names like Jalen Brunson thrown around there. Brandon Ingram was a was a was a topic of conversation for some late night hammer. I so I, he like inspires me to put this this DFS lineup together. Um, like inspires me, and then even sends me another lineup and says you should try this one. So I played them both, and both lineups did really really well. The problem was everybody fucking did well in the NBA last night. Vukovic had 60-odd fan D, uh, like DK points. Um, uh, like like a whole ton of guys that you were just like, what the fuck just happened here? Yeah, I, Jokic, I mean, I, Jokic had a triple-double. LaMelo Ball had a triple-double because I saw a couple slips that people I had, played. I had Melo in one of my lineups. Yeah, um, Kawhi had 33. Brunson had a big night. So, yeah, it uh, kind of happens sometimes, unfortunately. It sucks on a small slate um, to have a guy, a lot of guys who go off and then, um, you know, you don't have the the right one. So I think even Jamal Murray had a pretty – yeah, Jamal Murray had 32, 5, and 6. Uh, dude, I don't know, man. I was just following my lineup, and I'm looking at my lineup, and I'm like, yeah, these guys are fucking killing it. I am so psyched about this right now. And then it just – and then it just – everything just exploded. It just completely exploded. I was like, ah, oh, damn, man. I couldn't believe it. So, like, the one night I play some NBA DFS, and that's what happens, you know. And Pema gives me all these great plays, but yet everybody was a great play <laughs> at, at some point or another last night. So, I'm gonna have to. He just he threw out. Uh, he was three for three on his uh, on his props that he threw out to us. Uh, one of them was LeBron over seven and a half boards uh, with what he was doing. I can't remember what the other two props were, but uh, he was three for three on the props. I probably should have done that instead of playing DFS. So Adam, I come to you for NBA prop talk. Yeah, well, um, tonight. Oh, are you I- back on your streak yet, or what? Yeah, doing better. Um, 
Yeah, I so tonight I'm sweating something now. I played John Morant triple double at plus eight fifty at halftime. Eleven points, eight rebounds, seven assists. So hopefully that'll cash. Um, but yeah, I mean, Embiid's been killing it. That's a guy to look at. He's got twenty points at the half against the Magic. Um, Jason Tatum's been killing it. I think his rebound prop uh, was seven and a half, and he had six in the first quarter. Shea Gilgis Alexander once again. Alperin Sengun for the Rockets because they've been um, shorthanded. He's been crushing it. They have raised his numbers. Um, a prop that I like a lot lately is Draymond Green um, rebounds and assists. It's been sitting at fifteen and a half. Uh, he the Warriors have changed their starting lineup. They've gone small, so Kavon Looney comes off the bench. Draymond plays center, so it allows him to get more rebounds. He's a guy that you know doesn't shoot much, distributes the basketball, so. He's someone to look at as well. Laurie Markkinen's been great this year. Probably going to go to the All-Star game in the running for most improved. Um, so I would look at him. Um, the Knicks, Julius Randle has been crushing it, especially on the boards. His scoring's gone down a little bit now that they're kind of healthy. Jalen Brunson has been a, a great pickup for the Knicks. Um, John Morant's another guy I mentioned, you know, looking at his triple-double. Um, I would also give out his rebounds and assist total on um, the playbook today. I think it was 15 and a half and he's got eight rebounds, seven assists at the half. So he needs one more and that cashes. So that should happen early third quarter. Um, he's been rebounding more because Steven Adams is out. Steven Adams is like a beast under the basket. He's been out. And the last uh, two games, John Moran had 10 rebounds. This is a, you know, I'm sure you know John Moran and the guys listening. He's six, three, he's small. He's not a rebounder. He, they list him at six, three, 174. Okay. Uh, he's a great player, but he's not someone that you expect to get rebounds since, uh, Steven Adams, I think is this, well, the last two games, he had 10 rebounds against Minnesota, 10 rebounds against Indiana, and he has eight at the half against Portland. So he averages on the season 5.7 rebounds. And in the month of January, he averaged 4.8. So all of a sudden, those rebounding numbers going up. And his assists have always been there. On the season, he's averaging 8.2 assists. So that's a number that um, maybe the books are a little bit slow to adjust. Um, so it's been, it was 15 and a half tonight or 16 and a half. Uh, again, it looks like it's going to cash. So that's something I'd be looking at as well. Um, the Nick Claxton blocks came to an end. He had like a streak of three, at least three blocks and 12 straight, and then went two without it. Um, Hornets, obviously, LaMelo Ball's been crushing it. Luka has been insane. Oh, the Warriors, they're pretty good. They're starting to roll now. Curry's points, Klay Thompson's points, um, and Giannis obviously is back. He's just uh, on another level right now. So, yeah, just some things to look at. And, um, yeah. So those are the ones that I'm kind of looking at right now. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Uh, as everybody knows, or you should know by now, go to pickswise.com. <clears throat> and Adam's got his uh, his NBA prop article uh, over there uh, as well. Just don't, lo- don't, don't let it be Jalen Duran over uh, nine and a half boards, dude. <laughs> <laughs> about- you know what? It's so funny. You gave that to me. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I actually forgot to bring it up on the show last week because I know how much you love when I do that to you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, how about this? So last night, Anthony Davis, right? He His rebounding prop was nine and a half, and I think a lot of people were in his double-double. He had nine rebounds going into the fourth quarter, and the game went overtime. You know how many he finished with? 
Give me that scenario one more time here because I I really want to make an educated guess. He had nine rebounds going into the fourth quarter. And then the fourth quarter and overtime. They had five-minute overtime. You know how many rebounds he finished with? Eleven. Nine. Ah! The prop was nine and a half, and a lot of oh, and come we, on. And the double double prop was minus one twenty, and he had twenty three rebounding opportunities, twenty three, and he grabbed nine. Say so when you that happens, you're like, hey man, <laughs> the the bet was the right play. It didn't hit. I mean, dude, nine rebounds going into the fourth quarter against the Knicks, who are like don't really have a, a legit center right now with Mitchell Robinson. I know they play at Hartenstein a lot, but come on, bro. Like you can't get one rebound in 17 minutes. And then I had a parlay where I had RJ Barrett to score 15 points or more. He had 13 points. He didn't play the last 12 minutes of the game. They benched him. Why? I don't know. I wasn't watching. I was out. And then I go to <laughs> And I see, I'm like, oh, the game went overtime. I just need two more from Barrett. And I'm texting Fenstey, why isn't Barrett playing? Because I'm looking at the box score. I wasn't watching the game. I was like, oh, man, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, the other night, the other night, because uh, DraftKings has been giving out these uh, same game parlay risk-free. So you can bet what you want, but they'll give you $10 back in free bet if you don't hit. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And then the other night I needed one point from Siakam and one point, one assist from Paul to cash and fell short. I'm like, and it's not like I'm playing the 24 and a half. Like I'm doing 20 points or more things like that. You know, you bring it down. It's just amazing how like, just you miss by like one. It just, uh, Dude, it's frustrating, man. It really, it, is. it really is. When you start dropping shit like, you know, by a half a you know, half point uh on a prop is is frustrating. I'll drop it more. Watching, like Siakam, watching guys watching Siakam's guys like night, Siakam's prop the other night was 24 and a half. So I said, all right, I'll do 20 points or more, which he's a cinch. He scores 19. Like, come on, bro. It's like it's like they know. It's like they know. Well. You know, it's it's funny that you say that, Adam, because uh, you know the, the the NBA and and whether or not that's rigged is going to actually lead, or at least the betting uh, and the props and stuff like that. Because you know, it's like they know, it's like they know he's going to be benched in the fourth quarter. Hmm, um, is going to take us over now to the gridiron, back to the NFL. So, Adam, it's not really it's it. I mean, listen, I, I could sit here and ask you Super Bowl questions right now, but I mean, I, I think you are in the same camp as I am in the sense that I'll worry about the Super Bowl next week. There's Correct. really, I'm not looking at fucking practice reports and giving a shit that somebody didn't practice this Wednesday. Show me next week on Wednesday and then maybe I'll care. Agree. Okay, beautiful. So I want to ask you, did you see the the whole thing about Arian Foster on the Macrodosing podcast? I saw a headline, but I didn't hear the exact comments. And then my friend texted me something. Was he joking, though? I don't know. Like, I only saw the little clip. And here's the thing. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to use this as, like, clickbait and go listen to a fucking podcast that I don't usually listen to because I'm not a big fan of the Barstool Sports guys. That's just, you know, that's me. But here's the thing. Public perception is everything. Everything. And if you've got this one little clip here, that Arian Foster is saying that he received a script 
on the first at in at his locker when he got to his locker on the first day of training camp, there was a script for him to look through that mapped out the entire NFL season. And I mean, listen, I I, I think it's bullshit. I do. I think Arian Foster. Uh, I don't know what his financial situation is, but let's face it. This is not a guy who is being given broadcast jobs. I don't see him, you know, receiving any kind of coaching work or anything like that. I have no idea what Arian Foster's world is like, but I'm willing to bet that he got paid a big fucking chunk of money to turn around and actually say that because with gambling being legalized throughout the United States, that statement there, and and because you know that there are people out there that are like, oh, see, I told you it was fucking rigged. The refs are no in on it and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Now, the tweet itself had an amazing thread of like just, you know, comments from everybody. What the Cowboys look like, uh, you know, with their when when they read their script, what Matt Ryan uh, when he saw the the script rewrites uh, at halftime of the Super Bowl. I mean, so there's like some really funny shit there from a, a humor standpoint, but from a, a reality standpoint, how many people are now looking at that clip and and believing that the NFL is rigged? Oh, I'm sure people are, especially if uh, they thought that and they want their Thought to be backed up. I don't know. I saw something that said that he said it sarcastically. I didn't listen, so I don't know. Couldn't hear the tone. Um, I don't know if that's backing off now. So, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to know. If it is rigged, how come they don't want the Cowboys to win, bro? Come on. You think they don't want the Cowboys to win if it was rigged? What did they want wants, them to? No, nobody wants the Cowboys to, get, to do anything. Everybody okay. hates the Cowboys, dude. Come on, you know it. Again, how come, how come they didn't want Brady to go out as a winner? They they did well because they did him the way they did fucking Dan Marino. Do you remember Dan Marino's last game? But Marino didn't even win a Super Bowl. I know, but it's like, come on, is Dan Marino not an iconic quarterback? Yes. Okay, his last game was a sixty-two to seven loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. Does that really matter, though? Well, I mean, you know, you you, you want to go out on top. You don't want to go out like you know that. that but I'm saying, like, if it, people were like, if, "Oh shit, you fucking see Marino? Like, why, man, did that dude stay on for too long? Threw for 95 yards in a playoff game." But wouldn't if I'm saying if it was scripted, wouldn't they want Brady to go out as a 45 year old winner and cement his legacy? No, because I think uh, I think they 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 are they ready to pass to, the torch to Mahomes or Herbs? I think their I think their plans got screwed from last year. I think Brady coming back, like Brady retiring and then unretiring, I think that might have might, they might have had to like throw the entire script out and have to rewrite like a whole bunch of shit. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe 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 not everybody likes. Maybe Tom Brady like fucked the scriptwriter's uh, sister. Never called her again after that. I don't know. And Giselle found out. Ah. <sighs> It's a very big possibility. I just think that it's I, I think it's it's more it's just to me, it's just problematic. It's it's problematic because you need to like somebody needs to get ahead of this and like really turn around and and like dig deep on these comments and make sure because there's a lot of money at stake. And the last thing you want to do is like have people really concerned that it's fixed. 
Oh, yeah, no doubt about it, especially with the sports wagering becoming legal in more and more states. Yeah. I mean, it's rigged when I lose, I could tell you that. I mean, what is this, High Lie? Dog, the dog track? Is it aqueduct? Harness racing? Wrestling? Uh, that's just that's pure entertainment right there. Are you you're not a wrestling guy, are you? Not like I used to be, man. I just don't have the time, but I used to watch it a lot. Um when did you used to watch it? Like the last time that you were like into wrestling, when was the last time you watched it? Um, I mean, I watch it here and there. I actually did watch WWE Raw a couple weeks ago. It was like the 30th anniversary, and I saw the Undertaker was gonna be there, so I said I have to watch. Um so that was like the first time that I watched a whole show in a long, long time. I would say probably, probably early 2000s. And then once I started doing the Monday night show at least and uh, I kind of stopped. I didn't record it anymore. So probably 10 plus years ago is when I really stopped religiously. I kind of follow it from afar, but I was even asking Fence the other day because he's a bear. Like, is it good anymore? Like, is it is it good right now? Because like when I turned it on, I didn't feel any juice. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, it's it's even earlier than that for me. Like I was, you know, I, you know, as like a like a 12, 13 year old, 14 year old kid, I was into it. Right. I mean, back then it was, you know, it was it was Hulk Hogan right after Rocky three, uh, you know, when he beat the Iron Sheik, you know, and, and you know, they, they just the because not only did you have the WWE, but you also had the NWA and the AWA, which <clears throat> they later turned into the WCW. Um, and so like, that was when I was like super into it. I went to the first WrestleMania. I was there at Madison square garden. Um, I forced my dad to get me tickets to that and take me. Um, and I was, I was into it there. <clears throat> I think it was like the late nineties when I guess yeah, it was like uh, Hulk Hogan and those guys did the uh, the whole NWO, yeah, the New World Order thing with um, <clears throat> well, he used to be Diesel, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall, and <clears throat> I was living with a guy in New York who was like always into it. So you know, it was like uh, you know, it was on Monday night on a regular basis, and he was like crazy into it, and so I I like sat and watched it and and watched it there. I don't think I've watched wrestling in like at least 20 years, at least 20 years. It's, you know, I mean, I just, it's funny. I mean, and it's so funny too, because I see like, um, there's a guy, Mike from Long Island, who, um, who's a big part of FA nation, Mike Stencil. And he's, he like, you know, he's got, he takes his kids and his, his sons are, are into it. And Mike is like still into it as an adult. But like I see him like bring go to these like conferences and like take pictures with guys like Bret Hart, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter, you know, like these guys who are like fucking geriatric at this point who are like holding on to it. And it's like depressing to me. But why? Here's I get what you're saying. But if people enjoy it, what does it matter? Let them have fun. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, you go do it. But these right. older wrestlers who are still holding on. I mean. They're still, I mean, they're still big names, man. I mean, I know they don't, Ric Flair is still like, you know, a big name and he's old and so Dad, why not? I can't, I can't watch him. I couldn't, I couldn't like, I mean, that's like, <laughs> it's like watching Mike Tyson at his age right now. 
like still like, you know, still showing what he's got. I mean, it's it's great. Like he's probably still better than a number of boxers out there because he's Mike Tyson, but he's not Iron Mike. He's like hangover Mike. <laughs> yeah, which is why you won't see him. Right. Well, so I that's why I look at these wrestlers and I'm like, man, you guys, you know, you got you got to let go at some point, man. You got to let go. Did you ever see the movie The Wrestler with Mickey yeah, York? It was a good movie. It was a great movie. And I'll be honest with you, man. I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed of this. I cried at the end. I really did. I was like into and Deb was like, what's going on? You know, my wife, she's like, well, why, you know, she's like, wow, that was really powerful for you. And I'm like, I just I see these guys and like just constantly holding on. And you we're in a business here where this is something that we see on the regular, these fucking guys who are just way past their prime and they can't let go. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, enough already. Get rid of them. I don't know. Those guys, those guys can still play though. Well, what's your take on Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? Mm. He's got the weapons, man. He didn't have weapons in Green Bay. I know he wasn't the same, but you put weapons around him. You saw the, how good the Jets were, how competitive they were with no quarterback. So they just need someone who's competent. So I think he can help them. You don't want him? I'm I'm very conflicted. Yeah, I, I kind of don't want him because I want him to just fucking retire. Like I, you know, I don't need Brett Favre 2.0. Yeah. Don't don't leave Green Bay and as this legendary QB. And then come to the fucking Jets and spend a year, maybe two, uh, with us. And, and you know, it's like you, know, you, you get us, you know, into the playoffs. But, you know, do you still have what it takes to run that gauntlet and go to the Super Bowl? And I don't think he does. Okay, that's fair. So I, I don't want a quarterback just to get me to the playoffs. I, I think <laughs> – I, I think we can get a, a, a journey. I think Derek Carr can just get us to the playoffs. I want somebody who's going to be able to like really hold on and 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 win that Super Bowl. That's what I want. I don't know if we're going to get it. This this is like the shittiest free agent class for uh, for football I've ever seen for quarterbacks and receivers too. I haven't even looked at the receivers yet. I'm like still, I, like I'm still like you know Lamar Jackson is going to re-sign with the Ravens. Daniel Jones will re-up with the with the Giants. And then it's like we're, we're fighting over Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. And I don't I don't, you know, I mean <clears throat> Jets aren't trading up to one or two to get either Bryce uh Bryce Young or C, or CJ Stroud. I ain't doing that. Nor do I want. Nor like I don't want to like sit there and spend that kind of like future draft capital. To, to land one of these guys when they could just end up being fucking Zach Wilson again. I get it, man. I understand it. You don't, you, you don't feel the same frustration as me. I do. I'm a Cowboys fan, man. I, I, you know what? I'd fucking take Dak Prescott as my QB right now. I mean, so many Cowboy fans complain to me about Dak. I'm like, look, the reality is he's going to be there, you know? So they just need to put more weapons around him. He's not, he's not Mahomes. He's not one of those even hurts. He's not going to elevate players, so you need to put talent around him. And then we find out Gallup had, like, surgery. So 
They need they need to put more weapons around. Him. Oh yeah, I saw that he had a, a another cleanup procedure, yeah. huh? Yeah. So I mean, he wasn't you know he wasn't 100 percent this year. He had flashes where he made some good plays, but he wasn't good enough consistently. So they've got to put um, more weapons around him. Oh yeah, he's going to be there. Jim Jim sat there just going off on the uh, on the Amari Cooper deal, like letting letting Cooper walk. Yeah, they definitely could have used them. I know he's inconsistent. <laughs> I know he's up and down. I know that. Um, he, even this year he was, we've seen home road splits, but you know, he's still a threat on the field. He would have been, they would have been better with him. I know that. Oh, they definitely would have been better with him. Definitely would have been better with him. All right. Well, we got a lot of shit going on here. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I, I think, uh, I think this is a, a good time to just kind of you know, put a cork in it for now. And uh, next week when Adam and I come back, we're going to hit you with the whole run, baby. All the props that you need to know for the Super Bowl. We'll talk novelty props. We'll talk player props. We'll talk betting the game. We'll talk about everything you could possibly want. Uh, you a big Rihanna fan there, Adam? You excited about this uh, halftime show? Uh, yeah, I like her. I think uh, she's... A little overrated. I like her, but you know, I think people treat her like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, she's she's fine. I mean, I'd take her home. <laughs> <laughs> well, well <laughs> no, no, you know, no, no, I'm not gonna get into this conversation with you. <laughs> On the next episode of Cash It, what wouldn't Adam Ronas take home with him? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit all right that's gonna do it for us here on the podcast big thanks to all of you guys uh as always for for listening in liking subscribing sharing with your friends turn them on to it baby for adam adam do you have any any parting shots any final thoughts here today um okay so i'm sweating this john moran triple double yeah. He has 15 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists with 7.52 left in the third quarter. If he doesn't get another assist, I think I have to retire from sports betting, correct? Yes, I would okay. say that that is correct. I mean, come on, man, a plus 8.50, bro. And I need one assist with mm. 7.43 left in the third quarter. Come on, John, let's go. Give Don't it to him, baby. Come I on. Gave, I gave that out on the playbook. All right. All right. Well, then, then everybody at FA Nation is in on it with you as well so excellent well you happy sweating and uh and i will definitely catch up with you next week so thank you so much everybody for tuning in for adam ronis i'm howard bender this has been the cash it podcast we'll catch you next time